Well, I'm excited today. We have uh, Brian Bennett from Vero Beach, Florida with us, and he's just going to be taking some time sharing a little bit about the story. And so, Brian, thank you for being here. Um, you know, as, as, as you think about reaching out to young people and just sharing what God has done in your life, um, would you mind just start, like, is there a point in your story that you just want to share where you really felt God impressed upon you? Hey, this, this is what your life might look like. There, there was a moment that I'll never forget. I was age 11, and it was this church we had just started attending. I grew up in a really what I call a first-generation Christian home. Uh, my mom had lineage. My dad didn't, right? So he's just figuring it out, establishing. And, and in many ways, like I found out later in life, he was putting us, my brother and I to bed and then like crying out to God going, I don't know how to be a Christian dad. I don't know how to do this. And I say that because we bounced around a little bit with churches and in, in that whole mix, there was a lot of religion and a lot of well-meaning, but there was something that just kept missing me in the relationship, you know, with Jesus but yet at age 11, we ended up at this very spirit-filled missionary church, and they had like, you know, and this is a small town. I mean, you're talking a church of maybe 100 people, you know, not not the size of anything, but it gives you a, a, a frame of reference, right? And uh, so they, there's a traveling evangelist. This would have been in the 80s, right? So I'm dating myself a little, and uh, he's in a white, full white suit, big hair. It's out back. It's a tent. And there might've been maybe 20, 30 people from what I remember in that tent, but it was if nobody else was there. Because when he called, it was not a typical altar call. It was a call to be a pastor. And all I can tell you is I went forward and my parents remember it, that I just felt called in that moment that God was saying, you know, someday you're going to be a pastor. Now, from that moment forward, I didn't do anything to live into it. In fact, if anything, I ran from it. Um, my teen years uh, were filled with a lot of pain that was caused through uh, things that you know happened with my dad, things that um, then fueled an anger in me, an emptiness, um, a rebellion against him, a rebellion against God. And so when I say I ran, I mean, my goodness, like if God called me to be a leader, my leadership was on the athletic field and in the party scene. That's that's what I did, right? That was the fuel. And uh, so at age nine, 18, 19, I end up a freshman at a public university, still running from God and uh, had this week where God must've just, people were praying for me. And I just had this sense that, God was was wanting me to let go and I didn't I didn't want to do it right so I'm fighting but I'm also in this place of going you know I'm living for hell and if that's where I'm headed bad theology right but if that's where I'm headed then I might as well go now I I was so practical or pragmatic in my thinking that I became suicidal I planned it out um not really, again, out of a place of depression, but a place of despondency, hopelessness, you know, that whole thing. And so somewhere in the middle of that week, my mom calls. And this, again, you know, I'm dating myself. This is landline days, right? Like there's no cell phone. There's none of that. 
And I can just remember picking up the phone and I could barely get the words out. She knew something was wrong. And I just said, I'm not, she said, are you okay? And I said, I'm not just pray. And I hung up on her and that was it. So she rallied her friends, her prayer warriors, and they prayed me literally to life that week. Um, I ended up at the end of the week, still stubborn. (laughs) I went, God, here's one hand, right? This weekend's mine. This weekend's yours. I literally bartered with God. And that's the way I lived for the rest of my freshman year of college. And it was actually at the end of that year that through a series of, you know, God's sovereignty. And this is what I want to, why I love to share my story is to just encourage people that you may not have the 11 year old moment I had, but if you've got this sense that God's calling you, um, he's going to see that through no matter the mistakes you make, no matter the, the, the things you try to take control of in your own life. And, you know, I'm living proof of that. So uh, as I was leaving my literally the last day of my freshman year, I ran through a job fair that was at the university and I didn't have much time, but I recognized one booth and it was for this camp called Spring Hill Camps, which is in uh, northern Michigan. It's one of the two largest Christian camps in the country at the time, 22,000 campers a summer. Um, I think it's over 30 or 40 now. And I had gone there one time as a 10-year-old. It was the only time my parents could afford to send me to camp. So I recognized it. I grabbed the application and I went home, took a landscaping job, still fighting God, literally crossing the bridge into Canada and partying one weekend and the next weekend not. You know, I would lived in Michigan near the Canadian border. And uh, there was this moment where my allergies got so bad that I picked up that application and I said, well, God, I want to be a basketball coach. So if this camp needs a basketball coach, I'll go. <laughs> right. I'm so hard headed. So I call them and uh, they give me an interview and they basically say, we don't, we're not hiring a basketball coach. You know, we're hiring a ba- baseball coach and they interview me anyway. And during the interview, I mean, I botched it. I mean, it was like, they said, what's your favorite Bible story? And I said, it's David in the lion's den. And they're like, you mean Daniel? And, you know, talking to the, the, the people that hired me, we joke about like, they knew I was a fraud. They knew I was faking it. But but they literally, the the guy that did the hiring, he told me years later, he's he's a friend today even, that as I prayed about it, God kept saying, take a chance on this kid. You need to take a chance. Well, at the end of the call, he goes, no, we only need a baseball coach. And he goes, oh, actually, wait a minute. Got, he put me on hold, came back, and he said, actually, our basketball coach pulled out today. Would you want to come? Wow. So I end up going to this camp. I'm 19 years old. I fight for four days. This is how stubborn and how hard-headed I was, right? I pack up to leave in a four-day period seven times. Because I'm with 400 other college students being trained for this camp. I'm under the conviction of the spirit. I'm like, I don't belong here. I don't fit. And it was actually on the last night, Enoch Olson, the founder of the camp, delivered a message, taking up your cross and following Jesus. And all it was the same as when I was 11. It was like no one else was in the room, just me and Jesus. Uh, I fully surrendered. 
I was filled with the spirit, radically changed. I've never been the same since. And so it was in that moment that I began, somebody slipped me an experiencing God workbook and said, cause I didn't, I didn't know what a relationship with Jesus looked like. And so I started growing in my relationship with Jesus uh, and really, you know, it was amazing. Um, I'm leading kids. I shouldn't be leading kids, but the Lord's leading me. And every day God would give me what I needed for that day. And uh, unbelievable, you know, how the Lord worked. Um, so I began praying, you know, God, I know you called me to be a pastor. Am I supposed to go back to Bible college, you know, drop out of university, whatever. And uh, felt like the Lord was saying, no, you're going to teach and coach for a few years um, and, you know, do that first. So this is where my story is, is a, it's one of clear calling, but progressive sanctification, if you will, and development. So I'll pause there and take a breath. Any, anything, I don't know if you wanted to ask any, yeah, anything I mean, I further, because think... I'll just keep going. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so basically, you know, for you, it was like a seven, eight year from the time you've had this urgency or a sense of calling as a young kid, really seven, eight years of really running the opposite. Fight, fighting God. Right. Yep. Um, you know, and I think, I think for many of us, like in our own, when we hear these stories, just like when we read the Bible, we forget, like, there's a lot of time between these events. Right. And yes. even in our own lives, we're like, is God really in the middle of all that? And yet, you know, looking back, you have this clarity of saying, yeah, God was in it because I knew the calling. I knew he'd call me to something. And then it was almost like this testing phase at this point, at least with camp, right? It was this idea of like, yeah, are you real or, or is this real? Um, and then the fact that you have somebody taking a risk or a chance or a, a, just seeing the opportunity in you um, when really for all intents and purposes, nobody should have, <laughs> you know, like exactly. It should exactly. be like this is the totally. matrix we're going to measure by. You you botch the the interview. Why are we still moving forward? Right. Yet God yeah. is is using other people to help you in this journey at this point. Right. Oh yeah, and and that, I think that's such uh, should be hopefully such an encouragement to anybody because I I think in the process how God works is through people that see what we don't see. And also are willing to, so that same guy that, that, you know, was instrumental in my hiring, then became instrumental for two years of, of walking with me, discipling, developing, helping me grow in the Lord. Uh, and it was, yeah, there's always people in, in that process. So then, um, you know, I'll jump ahead. So I, I go through college, uh, worked there another summer as an area director. And, you know, then uh, in my senior year, met, met my future wife. So I graduate with a teaching degree, get married, still have this calling in this sense that God has called me into ministry. And we're attending a church that, uh, you know, attendance wise is about 2300 every weekend. It's a big, a big church. And, uh, they, uh, you know, I'm 23 years old and they offered me the full-time youth pastor job. And, you know, looking back, praise God that I prayed and talked to mentors and they said, say no, you know, because at the end of the day, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I wasn't ready yeah. and it, I, I don't think I'm sitting here today, you know, if, if I, if I would have jumped the gun. So I think that's the other thing is to recognize that as God uses others, there are also doors that he will begin opening and closing. And not every door that opens is a God door, right? It's 
knowing how to discern the will of God and, and hear his voice. So, um, so I did enter into a internship with that church. Uh, I was bivocational. I was a teacher and a coach and started an internship. And, uh, it's amazing. Uh, this, this is such a crazy story. So the guy that is my mentor running the intern program, um, I called back to my parents because it's the, I'm now living in the town that I was born in, but my family moved when I was two. So I never lived there. Wow. I didn't know all the stories. He actually is the man that now in retirement running this intern program had dedicated me as a baby and had literally prayed over my life that I would go into ministry someday. Wow. I mean, only God, right? Yeah. So all of this comes full circle without me having any clue. And uh, every year for four years, they would offer me a full-time job. And every year for four years, God would say, say no. And that was also a process of God discipling, developing me, and even helping me to understand the real world, right? I'm working in a public school, large class A public school. My heart's breaking for, uh, you know, reconciliation, for the oppressed, for those that uh, maybe in many ways I, I hadn't really ever got to know stories. And and so now my heart's changed. I'm a different person. And that's when God, uh, after the fourth year, they asked again, and the Lord released me. So then I go into full-time, you know, vocational ministry. That would have been in, uh, I was part-time from basically 2003 to 2005. And then 2005 to seven, I was full-time at that church. And uh, as I entered into that, still with this sense that God had something different stirring and coming. And so uh, to just tighten it up, I, I, I'm there as a high school, you know, youth pastor, young adult pastor, and on the teaching team. And two years into that, the Lord says, okay, it's time to leave all of that. And you're going to go plan a church, but it's a parachute. You have no launch team, no sending church. And so we leave an environment of a couple thousand every weekend to literally six people and two were my, you know, my, myself and my wife. Yeah. So, so we did that for 14 years and then God knocks on the door again and says, Hey, there's this church in Vero beach. Um, and on paper, it didn't look like anything that made sense until we got here and began to see how the Lord had uniquely prepared us and how we show up for exactly what the church needed and where God wanted to take it. And so that's why I think it's so important for anybody that's discerning the call to make sure that, um, one, Jesus is in the center of it, right? At the end of the day, our being leads to our doing. And so keep growing in your relationship with the Lord, involve others, and realize that every moment we're in, regardless of what it may look like on the surface, is one that God is all ultimately, I believe, using us, but also developing us and forming us for where he's taking us. And, you know, I still feel that way today. I'm a lifelong learner. Yeah. You know, I'm blessed with a board and with leadership here that, um, you know, are shaping and sharpening who I am today. And I get excited to think about this next generation that is beginning, hopefully, to fall in love with Jesus, the church, and to really discern his calling. I, I think their calling uh, and what it looks like vocationally will probably look different than it did for many of us. Mine, mine was a very non-trad route. I, I did a bachelor's at a public university 
master's and doctorate at a seminary, but even that was over a, I'm trying to get the math right here. That was over an 18 year period. Um, if you look at when I start or 15 year period from when I started my master's, took six years off, then did my doctorate. And so again, the idea I believe of what Trellis is doing is spot on, you know, it's, it, it's helping students develop and see the kingdom and also realize they may enter into a world that just because it doesn't look like those that went before you, God can still be in the middle of it and use you in, in awesome ways. So, yeah, I mean, um, if I could go back a minute um, in, yeah. your, in your account. So when you have a church pursuing you saying, hey, you know, come do this. Um, you, you've sensed a call early in life, you know, you feel called into ministry. What were the voices like? Talk to me a little bit, maybe about the relationships that you talked to that said, Hey, yeah, I would say no to this. What kind of, what, what did that relationship look like that you were willing to trust them in for, cause I think for many of us, if we feel called into ministry, that's an open door, right? Like that's like, well, man, I just need to right. go. What were the, what, <clears throat> what was it for you that allowed you to say no? Was it, um, just certain things that you felt like weren't prepared in your own life? Was it their voice in your life? You know, like talk a little bit about that. Like, yeah. How, how did you learn, lean into that? Yeah, definitely. Um, so I, I, as I mentioned, when I was 19 and the experience, excuse me, the experiencing God material by Henry Blackaby had really, you know, shaped me. So within there, it talks about there's four, four primary ways that God speaks. One is the word, uh, the Bible. Uh, the second is, um, and I may get these wrong numerically, but there's three others. Uh, one is like an inner witness. It's the prompting of the spirit. Another is wise counsel or what they would call the church, uh, which is not necessarily the institution could be, but it's also wise church people. And then the fourth would be circumstances, right? Circumstances is the open door. I, I kind of agree with them and believe that in many ways, that's the weakest of the four. Um, you know, so therefore for me, and even at that stage of life back then, there was, I'm going to make sure that all four of those are lining up and even coming here to Vero, it was interesting because it, it worked different, but it still works. And so the last thing God gave me in coming here was, was that clear word, uh, from the Bible in the past that had usually been one of the first things he would give me is something in scripture that had just come alive. It was like somebody had highlighted it or lifted it off the page and it would just start to burn in my soul in a way that I knew God was saying something. Uh, but then from there, being willing to go to people that I considered wise counsel, I'm blessed. You know, that's, uh, you know, my parents, it's my brother who's a pastor. Uh, it's my prayer partner. We've been praying together now uh, every Tuesday, long distance for about 16 years. And so it, it's people like that, that I can go to, that I can trust. They love me enough to tell me the truth. They're going to pray. They're going to listen. They're going to either affirm, <laughs> no, that, that was just a bad burrito, like chill out. Or no, actually, we think you're hearing from God. Um, and then there's that just that, that sense in your spirit of whether something's right or wrong. Um, and so for me, that's, that's how it was back in the day. That's how it is, still is today. Um, you know, I, I really trust that process and have seen God use it over and over, you know. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Cause I think, I think that's probably one of the things in 
the last 20 years of ministry for me that I've seen where people succeed is because they have those elders. They have those wise yeah. voices. Um, all of us have circumstances. All of us have the word of God, whether, you know, how, how well we use it or not, that we, we all have access yeah. to the word of God and the spirit's prompting again, that's, you know, that's between you and God. But when we look at those elders voices, that's one place where we can be intentional in our own lives and in yeah. the church of saying, Hey, uh, whether that's by using words like internship or mentorship or discipleship, yeah. they're all an intentional decision that we say, Hey, we're going to, we're going to put our lives with the body of Christ and allow them to yeah. speak into it. And that's probably, I think one of the weakest areas that we often see people, um, yeah. you know, when it comes to ministry, especially though it's so critical, so vital. Um, yeah, well, I, I'll share another piece of my story. So, you know, I'm two years into that journey, right? They had offered me a full-time job every year, you know, for four years. Well, it was somewhere between the second and third year that I began to get this sense that God wanted me to do something different than what I was doing. And the youth ministry was giving me a paycheck, but I really saw a need in the church for a young adult ministry. And felt this calling. So we discerned it. We kind of ran with it. And as I talked to the senior pastor, he's kind of looking at me going, we don't have any money allocated for that. But if that's what you feel called to, then you need to stop doing this. So it was a major step of faith. And it was in that space of, of sensing God wanting us to plant this young adult ministry that he actually looked at me and said, hey, we'd love to send a church plant to this particular community over on Lake Michigan. And if you want to go, we'll fully fund it. We'll send you. And here I am going again. I And praise God that, again, people were in my life that I had already sensed I needed to glean from. I needed to learn from. I think this is so missing today, that sense of I'll, I'll submit. I'll come under in order to learn and to grow. And so I didn't even pray about that one. I looked at him and I said, you know what? Thank you. I'm honored. But I, and I'll pray about it. But I said, immediately in my spirit, I feel like I have more to learn here and I'm not ready for that. Now, what was wild about that story is jump ahead four years. And that's this very community adjacent to the one I feel called to. And that same pastor says, no, that same pastor says zero funding. That same pastor looked at me and said, well, if Jesus is in this, I guess he'll provide for you because we're not giving you a thing because they wanted me to stay. They wanted me to stay. And there was a little bit of a fence there when I felt called out. Him and I have reconciled since we were just messaging a few months ago. So, you know, all is well, water under the bridge. But you talk about, again, how important it is to not necessarily allow circumstances to drive what we're doing, but that, that real relationship with God. And, and that's really a lot of my heart. I had the privilege of pastoring a church that, um, you know, has, has a history of, you know, some ups and downs, but overall is considered a flagship kind of church in the community and maybe even in the church of God. Um, but isn't necessarily known as a place where they've been really good at hearing from God and, and discerning and, knowing what the Lord is doing. And so uh, that's a lot of our heart, my heart. That's a lot of what our staff is learning. Uh, it's a lot of what we hope any students that might choose to come here, you know, would would sense is, yeah, this is a place where I could really learn and grow for whatever God has. 
which isn't just about the skills in ministry, but walking in step with the spirit. Yeah. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah. I think, I think, you know, especially when I think back, I look back in my own life and I, just because someone is a pastor or someone's been in the church a long time doesn't mean that they're necessarily hearing clearly from God in your life. Right. And because all of us in our humanist, when, when, and when anybody who's a pastor, as you're moving forward in the vision, you feel God's called you a lot of times, sometimes you can even look at those under you and think, Oh, these are people that God's put in place to make this happen and forget that. No, no, no. God wants to do something in, in, in Brian's life as well. And there's a season of training and what's that look like as we do much more than what is my calling, but our calling as the church together. So that's, that's, it's a, it's an awesome ride to take. And, and yet often we, I shouldn't say often, but there are a lot of times we get it wrong. <laughs> and so to yeah. be sensitive to what God's doing, um, I think God's probably often shaking his head at us going, oh man, you know, but uh, yeah, it's a lot simpler if you just, you know all love each other well and, 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 and pour into each other than to give plans for each other. So. Yeah, no, it's so true. And and I think that's where like, I, I love to be able to appreciate the opportunity to share some of my story today. Cause clearly in the beginning, many years of being the hard headed, not listening, fighting God. And then now really my fight is God, I just want to know you and your will and, and what you have. And uh, you know, not always getting it right still, but um, it, it really is two very different uh, seasons. And and yet through that is this thread. And, and I remember that gentleman that prayed over me as a baby that, you know, then I was entered into his internship program at like 22, which is just crazy. And uh, as I'm praying about, okay, you know, is it time to, to become a pastor and, and that preparation process? Because that's the other thing, right? Like it isn't a title, it, it's there's preparation and it's it's either who you are or who you're or you're not. And so he he said something I never forgot, and it's so simple. And again, I'm bivocational at this time, right? I, I can clearly make a living. And he says, he says, if you can do anything else, do it. And I knew immediately what he meant, right? I mean, it's it's just that sense of you will know when disobedience is is the is what you're doing, because ultimately it's meant to be an act of obedience. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so. and I think I think one of the things too for you know if any if there is any young person listening, to have it all figured out by the time you're 16, 17, 18, 19, even 20. No, it, it's more about saying no. yes to the next thing God has for you, so that you're no. doing what God's called you in the moment. So you can be obedient, but also like that word you use preparation, right? Like be willing to keep being prepared for whatever might be happening three, four, 10 years down the road. That doesn't mean you're stagnant right now. It just means I'm willing to do what I'm supposed to do right now while I prepare for what's in the future. And as long as you do that, God can do amazing things in and through your life as you continue to allow guide you. Right. And that's what I've seen, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I have, I, a story comes to mind, but I don't know how we're doing on time. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Well, I'll edit it. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, this is going to be three minutes when I'm done. No, 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 not at all. (laughs) Yeah. No. Uh, so again, uh, so I'm in 2007, I'm finishing my master's degree and I've had like this lifelong desire to get a doctorate really because I wanted to be the first in my family to have one. Right. So, 
I go to a church service on a Saturday night at the seminary I'm at nearby uh, in Pasadena. And there's an altar call, what's standing in the way of the kingdom in your life? And will you surrender it? So I'm literally graduating with the master's, got the enrollment papers ready for my doctorate. I'm going to roll right into it. And I go forward. I surrender my doctorate at the altar. I call my wife. 30 days later, God calls us to plant a church that is the next 14 years of our life. And that's what was standing in the way of the kingdom was that doctorate. So jump ahead six years, God starts stirring again. And I pray about it. I'm scared to death to talk to my wife. I'm like, I, I, I just, she's going to say, no, there's no way. And she, she looks at me and she goes, absolutely. How could you not? It's time. So I enter into that process. 2019, I graduate with that degree. And I fully believe that the preparation and then also the timing was God's because a year later, the search firm that found me for this particular position, one of the only reasons I show up on their radar is that degree. God's timing, it opened a door and because I wasn't in a large church. I wasn't in a church the size I'm in now. And uh, so again, like it's just amazing how if we'll listen and we'll, we'll be open. God will use the preparation and also the timing in some really amazing ways. And um, I'm still just blown away at how he does this stuff. Somebody would have told me, I had never heard of Vero Beach prior to coming here. And, uh, you know, we love it here. It's a beautiful place. And, uh, you know, he has such an adventure and an abundant life. If we'll just listen and obey, right? Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. 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 Hey, well, I appreciate your time. Yeah, that's awesome. And, uh, yeah. you know, I know, I know as we partner together and we get intentional about helping people get trained up and interned and educated yeah. and experience practical ministry, you know, I'm looking forward to the stories that come out of Vero Beach and, and uh, this, the legacy of just your congregation, loving people, you and your staff, loving people well, as they experience God in their own life and get sent out to do ministry. Um, it's going to be pretty cool. So. Amen. Yeah, we're we're honored to be a part of this. Excited to work with Trellis. So thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, man. So